Welcome to the Inferno Cast. Today's guest is a six-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and is one of the original Dirty Dozen. He has been a legend in the industry and continues to carry the torch for Jiu-Jitsu moving forward, Bob Bass. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing better now hearing from you, pal. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a unique time. I'm glad you made time to talk. Um, real quick, I wanted to do just a little how we got connected. I was talking to Eric Paulson and, and he mentioned you a few times and he, you know, kind of connected us there, but actually your brother, Brian Bass from down South came up and was in Arkansas working and actually trained with me for probably eight or nine months and taught some classes and we have really good relationships. So it's kind of funny how small the world can be in jujitsu sometimes. Yes, it is. Um, my brother, Brian is, uh, my half brother from my father, he was married again and, uh, he was 18 years young. He's 18 years younger than me. Actually. I love him dearly. My, when yeah. he was a little boy, when I was wrestling and getting it, well, he, when I was doing well in jujitsu, he called me up and, you know, I didn't hear from him for very much, you know, and, and he said, you know, brother Bob, what can I do to become a good jujitsu guy? I said, just start wrestling because it's going to spread. Yeah. He was in Georgia at the time. And so it was pretty much on the West coast, on the East coast. And it just kind of spread to the middle. And now he's a black belt. <laughs> oh yeah, man. And then, and I'll tell you, his wrestling definitely complimented his style because he really helped us out for that chunk of time he was in Bentonville, um, especially on our, our wrestling specific, you know, for like some of the guys were doing MMA and fighting. I mean, like it really did compliment, you know, having kind of the full package. So it's just, you know, small world sometimes how things happen. But today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the history of how you found martial arts as kind of a, as a kid or a younger person, like where that inspiration came from. Was it movies, comic books? What was that first trigger that was like, man, I want to do some martial arts? Well, my brother, he's older than me. Actually, you know, he's uh, four years older and about five years, uh, five inches taller than me. Right. So we would always watch uh, Kung Fu, you know, all that Kung Fu stuff. And my mom's boyfriend would take us down to into uh, Chinatown. And we'd watch all the Chinese movies, you know, all the Chinese fighting movies, and all the, you know, that martial arts stuff. And so that's what kind of got me into. And I was I'm, I'm not very tall. My brother's a lot bigger. And uh, he was master Kung Fu, quite Cat Chan Kane, and I was his beat up bag. He would, you know, me and him would go at it all the time. And he taught, he, he you know, he, he calls me Mighty Mouse for my ass kicking from him all the time. So I could take a good ass kicking. Because <laughs> we didn't have a father. We didn't have a father. I just had a short little Filipino mom around. And if she wasn't around, she was working most of the time. So my brother was the, the man in the house. <laughs> yeah. So you just kind of had to take the beatings and continue the next day. That's right. And there came a time when I was, when I was 16, I said I was going to beat his ass, you know, like that. When I turned 16, he showed up with his buddies and I couldn't beat his ass. When I said 18, no, not until I was about, I think I was about 24 and I was a purple belt in jujitsu. Then we met in the backyard and he's bigger and he's, he was the most outstanding athlete for Maricosa track and field football. He was the star and he was an ass kicker. But by the time I was a purple belt, we met, he was in the Navy, he came back, we had a little you know, thing, you know, so we met in the backyard and we just looked at each other and he knew this time that I was ready to go. Right. And I said, you know, I might get blood in my mouth. I mean, you might kick my ass, but you're going to get blood in your mouth tonight for sure. And we kind of <laughs> yeah. looked at each other. He kind of hesitated and he goes, you know what? Let's eh, not do this. We never finished it. Yeah. So we just went down. He just got out of the Navy. We just went over and had a beer and shook hands and kind of talked about some shit that he used to pull on me and we're all good now. Actually, yeah, friends well, now. that's funny. It's it's funny how as like you know young males like that's sometimes what brings us together is like that, you know that the combative part of it of testing each other and pushing and and then like you know afterwards it's resolved and you're close and it almost kind of brings you together. It's kind of funny how that works. Yes, definitely. So you know, um, so you know, Higan Machado trained with my brother when you know I would train with him and Higan and all the brothers would, but Higan actually told me he goes, your brother is probably the strongest athletic guy I ever met at that time he goes you know but my brother was a tough you know wrestler and all that track and field football player and all that kind of stuff so anyways yeah. that was you know now we're buddies and stuff actually so, what did your first martial arts class look like well yes I was I was a wrestler you know I wrestled a lot from you know uh from freshman on like that in high school and stuff and uh then um I got you know I love wrestling and stuff like that and then um I took a couple of karate classes actually with this. I won't say who he was, but uh, he was kind of a dick, you know, and uh, we, I just got tired, you know, cause I was used to competition of wrestling and fight, you know, getting in and mixing it up. And, you know, for all the time we were doing this karate stuff when I was younger, we were just kind of hitting the air, kicking and punching, hitting the air, you know, and stuff. And I said to him, you know, when can we make contact? 
you know, and he kind of got discouraged with that with me because, and then what happened is um, like, this is a long time ago. So after one of the classes, he said, okay, well, me and you, let's do some contact. And I just took him to the ground, mounted his chest. And then I took him down again a couple of times again in front of his class. And then it was like, I let him go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was it. Yeah. And then I just, uh, you know, that was my first up. And then I got in, then I really loved jujitsu actually, because uh, I learned that when I would fight with my friends, a wrestler, my buddies, stuff, just regular guys who didn't wrestle, they'd always kind of lay on their back and face you, you know, and I didn't kind of know how to deal with that really. But my buddies who wrestled would always give up their back. You know what I mean? We'd wrestle. Yeah, we'd go, yeah they we'd go belly down. Out. Yeah. We'd go in the, we'd have, we'd just go and wrestle. You know what I mean? That's what, you know, most wrestlers will know that. So, you know, my ex-wife would get mad at me because every pair of my clothes would have buttons wrong or, the, you know, all torn off or holes in my jeans from hanging out with my friends, you know. And so I got, you know, so when I met with the Gracies, actually, and I seen Hoist fall on his back for the first time, you know, like this, because I, you know, I, there's a story behind it. But when I seen him turn and do this to me, it was like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, and he tried to get me an arm bar and, you know, after that, he kind of got away and then he got me in his choke and I was like, Holy, cause I could take him down, but he just fell on his back and, and I loved it. That's when I really realized that this has, cause he, they were attacking from their back, you know? And, and I said, yeah. that's what I need a part of my game. Cause I'm good at wrestling. I could take you from my back, but I can't attack anybody who's facing me like this, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. How did you get introduced to jujitsu? Well, I was meeting, I was at a friend's house and uh, his buddy, Brazilian George, I don't know if you're a Brazilian, yeah. just great guys, you know, and I was with my buddy and I was a good wrestler and my buddy opened his mouth and he goes, oh, you know, this guy wrestles, right? And Hicks and a Brazilian Joe's, oh, we do jujitsu, like, you know what I mean? And, and I thought in my brain, oh, it's another karate guy, you know, mm-hmm. and I was looking at Hickson, you know, and I go, that guy looks horrible. His ears, like, I, he's got cauliflower ears, you know what I mean? And then I look at Brazilian George, you skinny or stuff. I go, I probably give him a good whipping, but I don't know about that guy. You know what I mean? So they said, yeah, we do jujitsu. And I said, great. And they go, and I go, what are you guys doing? He goes, well, we do it at our house. And, and he goes, you should come, tra- you should, you know, I was cocky. You, you guys should come train. You should come train with us one time. And you know, you ever want to do it? I go, well, why don't we do it today? <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure enough, I went down there and there was Horian and Dixon and a couple other guys. I mean, the whole clan, I can't remember, but I would like to say that like Hoff was there and hands the, the whole they were all there. And when I came in, you know, they put a gi on me, but I wrestled, you know, and it was their place. And I, it's okay. I put this thing on and then I, you know, um, I could hear blah, 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 you know, Portuguese wrestler, blah, 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 Portuguese wrestler. <laughs> you know, I kept hearing this. And, and so we, me and Hoist went at it a little bit, you know, Hoist, I shot in and Hoist tried to get me in an arm bar as I recall. And I picked him up halfway on my arm. I picked him up. He almost got my elbow. I didn't know. And I kind of went to going to slam him and, uh, I let him, you know, he just, you know, let go. And then, you know, Hori and those go, no, 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 you can't slam. And then we went at it again, you know, and, you know, he got me in a choke, you know, he got crawl on me and got me a choke. I remember I was like, what the hell is this? You know, cause wrestling to me, you're like a wrestlers to me. I don't want to say it all of it, but you know, you're kind of a cat with, with no claws because wrestling is to go with the joints and jujitsu is to go against the joints. You know what I mean? At that time. That's you very see? insightful. That's a, that's a, that's a very, clear uh logical approach it's like that that's yeah i really like that that's a good point i could put them on their backs i could do everything but you know if there's no striking involved then you know if you're grappling you just kind of stuck in one all of a sudden you're like oh shit what's this guy doing <laughs> what's i got him on the ground he's not turning to his back he's not going to his hands and knees he's just like like wrapping me up you can't do that in wrestling <laughs> it's like what's going on here so after that kind of you know then i think after they because you know in jiu-jitsu they kind of watch and see what you're doing then hicks and wanda part of me you know and so i thought in my brain that i'm not going to the ground i'll just try to take these guys down and get back up and that's kind of what i recall and then after a while because i wasn't wrestling for i started getting tired and i said you know what i've had enough <laughs> i just knew i was starting to run out of talent <laughs> i said i've had enough you know and then uh Orian pretty much uh asked me what i did for a living and i said i was a landscaper gardener and he goes we're gonna fire our gardener and landscape you come train with us and, and that's why it kind of started with with them for a while and uh my first coach was um Hoker, Hoker, their brother, I think it was. And then I started training with Hickson and Hoist, and I got my blue belt from Hickson, as I recall. And then what happened is um, they started talking about the UFC, the ultimate challenge. They started talking about that. And Hickson, you know, this is a while back. I I don't know if it was Hoist or Hickson. They said, you know, I can't train you anymore because um, me and my brothers are starting this ultimate fighting, but we have a cousin that's coming from Brazil. He's a champion all that time. And, and, uh, you'll meet him. And so I met him and it was, it was Hegan Machado. 
right? And me and him hit it off because he was pretty much doing, he was doing a lot of competition out there in Brazil, like it was here more, you know what I mean? And he knew the, he knew that takedowns were important for a competition in jiu-jitsu, and he knew I was a wrestler, right? And so he taught me some lessons, and then one day he goes, we're going to take the gi off, and let's see if you can take me down. Let's see. You know, like, then I go, okay, so I think I was like 165 pounds, and he, 185, 190, and I took him down a couple times, and he couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? He's like, "Holy shit, <laughs> what's going on here?" So we became good friends, and then you know, one day he pretty much said, "You know, I'm going back home to Brazil. I, I just I'm tired of being here." And um, me being a landscaper gardener, there was so much you know in the South Bay. There's all that gardeners and landscapers, but we still made money. You know, so I I was out in the front yard in front of the Horian's house, and he was talking, and he said he was going to probably go home soon, and. But he was going to say, and I said, I looked at him and I said, you know, you can look down the street, look at all these gardeners and landscapers. Look at, they're all making money. I go, just you and the Gracies have, have this here. I go, I don't think you should leave. I think you should try to open your own school. I really did. And he goes, well, I'll just, I'm going to talk to my brothers and see what happens. I'll talk to you next week. You know? And so I was hoping to see him again. And he did. He was there the next week with a big smile on his face. And he said, you know, I talked to my brothers and I want, no, I just want to, you know, I think I'm going to open a school. You know, I think I will. So do you want to come with me? I said, of course, let's go. So after that, it was kind of, you know, Michelle, uh, Carlos Gracie Sr. I mean, yeah, Carlos Gracie Jr. Jiu-Jitsu, we, I think it was called. We were trying to start. So That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's like, because it's, uh, it's almost like it was a meeting by chance that turned into this lifelong relationship and a lifelong pursuit of, of doing jiu-jitsu. How long was it? while you were doing the jiu-jitsu, how long was it before like you had that aha moment of just, you know, you're well-rounded when you kind of quit being the wrestler and you became more of the jiu-jitsu player? Was there one of those transitions? Yeah, well, I, I injured, well, you know, wrestling is like, you know, you want to stay on your feet. It's very aggressive, fast, 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 go, go, go. You know, and I kept, you know, and I, and I say this to wrestlers now, now that I've been through it, you know, you have to, you know, just have to slow down a little bit and learn to, you know, let me get back at it. Is um, I hurt my shoulder, actually. I hurt my shoulder. And so Hagen told me, you know, you could still, or John Jack, I think, John Jack with his hands kind of, you know, different. He goes, look at my hands. I can still train. You come back and keep training. So I, I went and I kept training, but, you know, I had to be on my back the whole time, you know, for like a year on my back with my guard and learning from these guys. And it just, that's when I think I started transitioning to more to a jujitsu guy. You know what I mean? Because, I didn't know what was better now on my back or on my feet. I mean, you know, on my feet standing or on, you know, going, you know, stand up and just round, take you down and that's it. You know what I mean? I learned how to use my, my, my legs because I'm not that tall. So I could use them to get in nooks and crannies. I'm not the, I'm not very good at triangles at all, but I'm good at other stuff. <laughs> I bet if you do get somebody in a triangle though, there's no way they're getting out. Oh, I just barely lock down. Even sometimes when I get get people in triangles, he can, because, you know, Higgin was the master, Babes. he tried to teach me this, and but my, I, I got thick legs, so it's, I just barely get around you, dude, and you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to pop my knee, you know, so. Yeah. So did you get to do a lot of competing in the early days? I mean, because back then, it was kind of like challenge matches, or go to another gym, like, did you get to do much of that back then, or, or, or not? I did it all the time, actually, I was the I was, you know, every school has that guy that, you know, somebody comes in and you got to be the guy, you know, and at that time, the shadows were the big shots and everybody from Brazil would come in from, you know, and I'd be out working all my ass off all day. And then all of a sudden this new, this guy from Brazil champion of this. And I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I've been pushing, you know, pushing mowers and working on weeds, you know, all this digging holes and stuff. But, you know, that's what I, I did. And then I started making a name for myself and a lot of the Brazilians got to know me. And, and, um, you know, at that time, you know, we would go to other places, but then, you know, we had the Pan Ams come up the first time and, and, um, you know, I was a brown belt and, you know, we had this team against the, the Baja, you know, it was Pan Ams in 95 and that was the big tournament, you know, and, um, I had, uh, I had Marcio Fatoza. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Yes. Um, me and him, me and him met as brown belts. He never lost a match in his life except for that day. He lost, yeah. you know, I, you know, I'd be yeah. in that, I'd be in that aspect. And then, um, you know, then I got my black belt. They had, you know, finally give me my black belt because I'm beating guys like him. And and so I, I would say I'm the first guy. You know, I see all these other guys at that time getting black belts and stuff from places. But 
I never seen him in competition. I never seen him do anything like that. You know what I mean? I always say I always have to do everything the hard way. <laughs> That's just the way. It is. <laughs> but hey, That's I mean, sometimes that uh, you know, sometimes having to go that route of doing things difficult like gives you a perspective on the 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 subject matter in just such a deeper way. I mean, because when you probably started jujitsu, it was probably a little bit more like mechanical, learn how to choke people, armbar, but. I'm sure that your perspective on what jujitsu is and what it really does for your life has changed over the years. So here's a question that I would ask. What was your definition of success in like 1993 or 92 versus your definition of success now? Well, you know, my success was meeting the Machado brothers and going with them and learning from, you know, I didn't have just one coach. I had five coaches, you know, and, you know, and you know, the interval training when you need six or seven, six or eight people or four people to the interval. Well, there was five of them and then me. So I was very lucky to be in that crowd, kind of, you know, yeah. kind of, because I yeah, felt yeah. like I was a pigeon, so like a pigeon uh, flying with eagles, <laughs> pigeons flying with eagles. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I came to a point, to, I could never get them, but it came to a point I could hold my own for a while, I wouldn't tap out. And I knew I was starting to get a good defense, you know, you know, it wasn't all offense. So that's when I started really thinking that that's my success. I could just, you know, keep up a little bit. And I remember he and Machado telling me, Bob Bess, you're getting good. You remind me of a tube of toothpaste. I keep rolling and rolling and rolling at you and rolling until you have nothing. And then I get you because I could actually kind of keep my, you know, I mean, if they're going hundred percent, yes, it was competition, but you know, I could hold my, you know, I could just kind of stay away. You know what I mean? Just kind of know what they're doing and get away. And that for that time, nobody in the world could be doing stuff like that as an American. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, that's how I think that compared to now. So what is your, what do you feel like your definition for, of success is now that you're a little bit older with all this experience? Well, uh, you know, just still rolling. You know what I mean? I, I, I you know, I kept saying I was going to stop at 50. I'm 57 now. Now I'm looking at myself at 60 and I'm, I'm getting smarter. You know, you know, like you're stepping back a little bit was when, you know, I was the guy that everybody you know, is a fight. I don't care if I'm blue belt because they want to put, you know, I'm the, the marker as an American. So guys from all over school, they come at, they don't, they don't go easy at me <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, I never have anybody going easy. Until, now that I'm 57, I tell people, I, I have certain people I wrestle with now, you know, every once in a while I'll get a knucklehead who wants to, you know, tear my head off and stuff like that. You know, we're all through that kind of stuff. But nowadays I just want to uh, just keep training because I think it's the fountain of youth actually for us, actually jujitsu, as long as you, you know, don't hurt yourself. You know, I mean, I know when to tap, you know, and I have guys that I, I train with, but I, my analogy is now it's kind of like, um, I, I have, it's kind of like a guy who plays a guitar. I say, when you, you hear a guy that's been playing guitar for a long time, you know, and you say, Hey, can you play this song? And he's like, let me hear it. Then he starts hearing it and then he starts playing it. And then he starts playing it really good. You get it? Just like me, you know, people, I'm, I'm not in it all the time watching it, you know, that stuff, but my students will come and go, coach, can you show me this and that? But I, you know, they'll tell me, they'll try to talk to me about, it, but I have no clue. I have to be hands on. And so they'll show me this and then I'll show, okay, this, we can do this or that and that, and this is what works better. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel, you know, that as long as I stay healthy, I can contribute still to different positions. I, I, like, that. I like that, that, you know, you're still looking at it from a way of contributing and making people better. Um, when you were coming up, I'm sure you took a lot of life lessons from let from wrestling that influenced you in your youth. Were there some Were there some lessons from jujitsu or just like the lifestyle of Brazilian jujitsu that bled over into your personal life? Yeah, it, it, you know, um, for me, it's you know, you always like I had a lot of anger and stuff in me when I was younger. You know, a lot of trying to prove myself and stuff like that, like most men do. And if you've never gotten your ass kicked or gotten to jujitsu. You'd always be an asshole, kind of. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just turn. So what I think that, I just think that's it's changed me because I'm a more softer, easier, less easier to get angered. You know what I mean? Don't really want to fight anybody unless I have to because, you know, it's, even if you win, you still get hurt. <laughs> you know, so I just try to just try to be mellow and, you know, just be more stealth, you know, and, and just kind of observe instead of being the aggressive guy. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it gave you some different tools or coping mechanisms on handling that the aggressive energy, you know, because, uh, you know, I was talking to Draculino a couple of days ago and, and he's talking about the same thing where as a young man, he was really aggressive. He's like, it was just in him. And he said that jujitsu really helped give him an outlet just to, to slow down his response. 
um, you know, like, so if something happened, it would be like, you'd have a moment to, to recover and then to think things through. Cause I mean, think about how many guys come in the gym that, you know, they're, they're looking for the bravado. They want to be the hero. They want to be a tough guy. And then you start teaching them jujitsu and then they learn that they don't have to be the tough guy. Like they don't have to be the aggressive personality. Have you, have you seen a lot of those transfer transformations with some of your students or people you've trained with? Oh yes. Uh, every day, you know, all the time. It just, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like taking a wild horse from the mountains and putting them in a corral and start, you know, breaking them down, you know, jumping on their back and I'm the Bronco buster. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just always see them change. You know what I mean? You know, like after long, like and they follow and either they do or they don't, you know what I mean? But most of the time they do, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be, you know, it's a tough guy, but it's just that kind of change. You see a wild horse that has no idea. They think, you know, alligator mouth, parakeet ass kind of, they have that until you, show them and they're like holy shit we're, how much do you weigh what, what happened you know what i mean yeah. they kind of look at you funny but on the other note i would like you to say hello to draculino i met we met in brazil and he's a great guy i miss him he's such a tough man too and he still he looks good i watch his videos i learned some stuff from him and i remember i almost when when we when they came from brazil because i met him in, in brazil and stuff like that he I, we were we we're at el porto surfing i i I think it was him, and he came up. We were in the showers, and we're friends. And he says, "Oh, you have Marcio Fatosa," <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, you know back, you know, you know his blah blah." He told me his record, and I was like, "Oh, great!" I keep hearing this. And he goes, "Goes Bob, even if you do, if you do well, everybody's going to respect you." <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And you know, and you know, and and then I remember when beating him. I think he was one of the guys showing his black. belt out. He's all here. <laughs> take, the, take the belt and stuff like that. So I haven't seen him since. Really, I don't thick but tell him i miss oh. him and i do watch his videos and i think he's great man i will i will for sure because i mean you guys both came up in a unique era like it was the transition of it's kind of like you know it used to be brazilian jiu-jitsu the challenge ma challenge matches like you know in the schools and then it kind of evolved in like you know bjj versus other martial arts styles but then there's that transition where there started to be this bjj competition that was kind of growing and expanding and, and i feel like you know you got to be a part of that on that that leading edge when they started having the tournaments they got bigger and bigger and it's spreading into different countries how did it how did it feel when you were kind of watching the growth of this of this sport that you had just kind of found and fell in love with like were you aware of how fast it was growing or was it just something you did every day and then you woke up one day and you're like man this is really popular Oh shit! It just blows me away to see it just spreading like it is. I really didn't have an idea about it. You know, what I mean, I just knew I like what I seen because I'm a realist. I go, you know, I take what I think is good and then throughout the rest. And same with my teaching. I, I love watching sports jujitsu, but you know, I believe that fighting. You know, that's what I got into because I was wrestling and I was kicking, punching, and boxing. I, you know, and I've been in a few fights. You know, what I mean, and I and I, you know, and I just think that it's just. I, I believe in it in the, in the fighting world. So I, I believe in sports jujitsu, but I tend not to teach that as much because I leave that for a lot of other people like that. But I try to teach the, the fighting side, you know, jujitsu. And like, I don't like putting my legs where somebody can bite me or <laughs> things, you know, or again, upside down guard where a guy just starts grilling my face. And, you know, the first thing I'll tell you, my sister, you know, she's a year younger than me. And the first class, one of the first classes I took, I learned the front guillotine choke, you know, from wrestling, you know, sprawling you know because we sprawl and get around your back but i didn't know how to guillotine choke somebody from the front because wrestling you can't do that it's illegal right so i i i showed that to my sister right i said hey lisa come over here. i want to show you something i put her head down went for the choke and she just reached right to my nuts <laughs> she just pushed me i goes she goes that doesn't mean that shit that shit shh, what are you what are you taking that shit for <laughs> so you know i learned from that when i teach people the guillotine choke i learned to keep them away you know just because they can't get between my legs and stuff and so yeah. from that on, yeah, that day I learned, actually. I think that there's really definitely, a, you know, there's a, there's a way that you bring together that sport and reality where it's like, you know, sport jiu-jitsu develops up so many attributes that where you can switch gears and put it into that realistic self-defense, you know, fight-type training. But, you know, I'm sure sometimes it runs into that you can get too far on either side. You know, where like, you know, you got to have a blend and a mix. Um and I'm sure, like, like you said, as you're getting older and you play differently, so your focus now is much more on self-defense and like a fighting perspective of jiu-jitsu. And, and do you feel like that's a reflection of, you know, age and wisdom or like just necessity? I think it's self 
self-preservation, dude. I, you know, like I said, I used to get my ass kicked from my brother all the time, you know, for the stupidest things. You know, he was the tyrant of the family. And, you know, if I could bite him, I'd bite him. If I could pick something up and throw it at him, I'd throw it at him. If I could push him into a table, I would push him into a table. You know what I mean? He was the yeah. fastest kid at Maricosa. He'd do the 44220. And I remember one time I threw a crescent wrench at him from a little distance from him, you know, because, and I just turned and burned. And I, by the time I look back, he was like a block and a half and he was out of breath. I'm going to get you when you get home. You know what I mean? So that's, that's when that kind of fighting when there's no dad around and your mom's not there and he's bigger and, and you just yeah. learn if I, I call it monkey fighting, I'll bite your finger. I mean, you know, when you get into it, you terror bite anything you can because my dad was a Marine. He says, there's no rules in fighting, son. That's it. Yeah. You just got to survive. That's it. So this just helps me, you know? Yeah. So, so what do you feel like has evolved with your philosophy about training, you know, the, the physical part of it, the mental part of it, you know, how has that changed over the last 40 years? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. When I was younger, my body self-preservation, my body would just save my, my brain. I always say, what, what, why, why do we have a body? Why did God give us a body? To carry our head around, right? We'd be a barnacle if not. We might as well. So when I was younger, my body couldn't react faster than my brain could act. Really. It would just, whoop, 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 just, you know, muscle memory. But then as I'm getting older, my brain started catching up with my body. You know, it's kind of, they're both, and that's when I, that's when a man hits his physical peak, I think. Everything kind of works together, because you're thinking, you're a thinking man, you kind of think things out. Now, I, my body and my brain are, uh, my brain sees it, but my body can't cash that check anymore. I can feel it. I can see it. I go, I should hit that thing, because I've been doing it all my life, and I'm like, no, my brain's smart enough to go, if I do that, then he's going to do that. Now I have time to think that how he's going to counter me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I can see it in my brain before I even act, so I have to slow down. And I have to wrestle more like a, a, a big man's game now because I'm slower and I'm getting a little weight. But I love being, you know, small and agile and quick. And I tell people, you know, when you're young, don't lift too many weights because you have quick twitch muscles and you got strength muscles. And as you get older, you'll get those strength muscles and you'll lose those quick twitch muscles, right? That's why an older that's why an older boxer he has all the skills, but he loses to a younger one because he's that quicker. He just hits that spot and you get knocked out. You get it? So I believe in that 100%. So my body... As my body is slow and my brain is a lot quicker with a lot of positions and shit in it, but it can't cash that check anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, that time at the Pan Americans, that was probably, you know, the most relevant match that you're known for. What's one of the matches over all the years that's just one of your favorites that you just really enjoyed, win or lose? Just, you know, it. Some well, I just, you know, me, you know, me and Fatosa went at it two more times after that. And it was, you know, when he first came, when we first went at each other, he came at me to fight, you know, and I beat him. You know, he just was going to, I, there's a story about it because he probably, he probably remembers we met actually, you know, because I kept hearing about him being this and that, you know, and, you know, I was kind of, you know, respectful at that time. And, you know, and I probably would have lost that match if it weren't for the time we walked into the bathroom together. We, you know, we heard our names, we walked in the bathroom. And I said, I looked at him, he looked at me and I, you know, I said, Hey, I, was like, I said, Hey, and he just kind of looked at me like, gave me the shitty look. And I go, okay, that's it. <laughs> no more nice guy. We're going at it. You know, you come over here, you're going to get something. And so that being said, that was probably the best match, but we went at it a couple more times. And, and the second time we didn't even go to the ground. He stayed up. We tried, you know, we, he had respect for me, you know, all of a sudden this guy, the best in the world had respect for me, you know, and we walked away. I thought I still beat him, but you know, they gave him the points because I, you know, I, it was zero, zero, you know, zero, zero. So if I was the winner last time, I should have won that one. Then the third time we went at it, I got him in a leg bar. I had him in a straight leg bar, right? And the referee's like, no, 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 you can't twist his leg. And I said, I, I'm not twisting. Then he moved out of it a little bit. I just felt him move out of it, right? And then he came on top and the time ran out, kind of like this. And no points were scored, but he's walked away a little limping. You know what I mean? I had his knee. I feel I really had his knee and his foot kind of, he could see it. But the thing that made me happy is that, you know, we had a little bit of language barrier, but I liked the guy. He was a good guy. And at the end he goes, Bob, when are you going into the masters? You're too tough for me. <laughs> so, and I laughed at that, you know what I mean? And then that was a lot, you know, I think last time we seen each other, they say, hey, we should get together and have a beer, but Carlos Gracie Jr. is like, like, no, <laughs> this is my baby. You can't, I go, we should go down and have a beer sometime. But uh, yeah, that I think, you know, just, just competing with him and knowing that I can hang with him, win or lose, I can hang with him. He didn't, you know, he didn't submit me. I thought I was more in control, but that's what I felt. Yeah. So you really, yeah. I mean, 
and I feel a lot of guys, especially, you know, as that as they get older and they look back on their competitive career, that those those nemesis are some of their their favorite times because that person pushed you to your limit. You know, like they they pushed you as far as you could go and sometimes even further. And you value that as an athlete and as a person because that's where we expand. Um, so you were with the Machados as far as primarily, you know, after the transition with the UFC. You know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is very family-oriented, you know, with, with the culture and everything. So what was it like being part of the family? I mean, because you've been around since the beginning, and I know those guys look at you like, just you know, you're one of their brothers. So what's it been like to be part of that family with the growth of Jiu-Jitsu and the expansion? Oh, it's been great. You know, I mean, I – I just think that jiu-jitsu has opened a lot of doors for me and a lot of doors for everybody. I think the Gracies are a really big part of that, opening the doors. If it wasn't for the Gracies, I would have never met Hegan. You know what I mean? So I just think that it's like I, I sometimes I pinch myself. Like I can't believe that I'm the first black belt. I'm their guy, you know, and, you know, I could have went another way. I could have been 50 pounds heavier, drinking more beer, smoking pot, stuff like that. You know, back in those days, I, I grew up in a surf community, surfing and hanging on the beach, drinking beer, smoking pot. And it, I, like I used to tell Higgin and those guys, I got two sets of friends. I got some sets of friends that can show me how to smoke weed and drink beer and make margaritas. And I got guys on the other side that tell me what health is, how to find what, what's good of the Gracie diet and all that stuff. And I, you know, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, I, I stopped doing this because I'd be partying at night and I, Carlos would go, well, you, you come over, you smell like alcohol. And when he said that to me, I was like, this is Carlos Machado. I said, Okay, I got it. So, you know, I started getting serious and I would go to parties because I knew everybody in the South Bay, you know, so we'd have parties and I pretty much walk around with a glass of water in my hand looking like it was, you know, or, you know, and people are going, oh, what are you drinking, Bob? I'm just having some vodka or something like that. Right. And they go take a sip. That's not vodka. That's water. Bob's drinking. I go, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll drink vodka. You drink vodka, but show up in the morning and train with me and then we'll be okay. Just come and train what I have to do tomorrow and you'll see. They'll go, okay, I get it. Go ahead, drink your water. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah so, like stuff the, like that, buddy. The the, the training volume, point. yeah, the training volume created a necessity for you to change certain life habits. You know, which um, and most people I've talked to, like those life habits that came from being an athlete and training consistently, made their life better because they just don't know where they would have went, you know, without that. And uh, you know, I think that just any time when you look at life as an athlete of what you put in your body and how you perform. There's always time for fun and play, but, you know, trying to just perform at a high level, especially longevity wise, you know, as, as you get older, like that becomes where it's extremely important because it's like, man, I added years onto my life. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Carlos, Machado, Carlos Machado had that for me. He was really into health, really into, he was a health bookworm, healthy guy. Still is. I'm sure. I don't see yeah, much of him mean, anymore, but uh, he was my first. Uh, he was my first official introduction to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because up until this point, I was training with a bunch of nogi guys, shooto fighters, things like that. Like trickled down, no clue what I was doing. Thought I knew something, you know. I'm young and dumb, and I ended up in Dallas and I looked for you know MMA schools. And Carlos Machado was around the corner, so I go over to train and and I had heard of him and you know a lot of his guys. And I thought I was going to do something be like, oh, he's going to get to see what I know and, and see that I know some stuff and how good I am. Oh, my gosh, man. One of his students that was my size because I was excited because there's another lightweight. I mean, this kid was like looking out the window, talking to Carlos. I'm flopping like a fish. But he was so good to me. I mean, that was probably, I mean, that was like 17, 18 years ago. And he's just been such a good friend and just continued to be a, a good relationship and a mentor in my life you know, forever, just such a, such a good guy, man. It is the whole family has been really good to me. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I see. You know, um, there's, uh, I kind of like, um, like when I, when my, when I met Hegan and those guys, it's, you know, you, you, you be kind to people, you know, be kind to people outside, but on the mat, show who you are. You know what I mean? There's, you know, you can have all the tattoos and look really tough and all that stuff, but, you know, I remember looking at Higgins sometimes and I'd have to go because, you know, Bob, you got to train this guy. And I'd look and he'd be all tattered and muscle. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm glad he's wearing a gi. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't wear, I don't have tattoos on my body. You know, I, I thoroughly believe it's not what's on you, it's what's inside you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have to prove anything like that. So when I get on the mat, I start doing how I've been taught and start going at it. Then I, you know, it's like a Rubik's cube, cube and I start feeling it and it's like, boom, 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 got it. Boom, 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 got you. And I was like, yeah. you know what I mean? But, a lot of guys, you look at them, you go, holy shit, <laughs> what am I doing out here? <laughs> so so you have any, uh, 
I was going to ask you, do you, so do you have any fun stories from the early days when you guys are traveling around and just doing jiu-jitsu, showing people, meeting talent, anything fun from back in the day? Well, one of them was at the, I, I really enjoyed that um, when I was married at the time, um, we did a Chuck Norris seminar. He had his black belt seminar in Las Vegas, and I got to go, and, and we lined up at that time, you know, there'd be, I did all the light guys, and, you know, Carlos next to me, and then Johnny and John Jack and Hagen at the very end, and, and we would wrestle on carpet and i bring my wrestling shoes thank god i was smart enough to have my wrestling because we were on the carpet and i would look out the window i mean out in line guys would be in line you know and like 25 30 guys in line you know and i have to wrestle all those guys you know just one time tap 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 right and you know and it was great for um chuck norris to call me by my name you know what i mean just say hey, what's going on and then i remember i was with my wife and we were walking through the hallway and some kid goes hey mr bass can i get your autograph you know and I remember just looking at my wife, I go, <laughs> you see that? Yeah. And I have some rivalry with my brothers. I go, I, when I, when I go, I bet my brother will never do an autograph like me. <laughs> just, you know what I mean, it was new to me, you know, and I got to see Chuck Norris and all that. So that was, that, that was one of the good times right there, actually. Yeah. All the brothers, we were all together. And it's hard, you know, and you take it for granted because you think we're going to be together forever. And you never think this is, when we say goodbye, it was going to be the last time they're going to move away and, and you don't see them anymore. And then 10 years goes by and then I start seeing everybody's hair getting gray. And, you know, it's just, it's weird. You know, it goes by quick yeah. too. It really does. Yeah, time passes, you know. Uh -huh. But that, uh, that, Vegas, uh, that Vegas seminar, you know, like that's one of the historical things that, that I've got to hear a lot of different perspectives on from people that were there. Because I've talked to a couple friends that were there as the karate guy, like that were just like, yeah, man, it was like magic. We didn't know what to think. It was just mind blowing. Um, and then talking uh -huh. to some of the guys that were that were there and kind of you know on the mat, getting to kind of roll everybody up and you know just good times like that. So yeah, it was it was something else, you know. And I just got to do that, you know, in meet Chuck, and you know, it was just something actually. And then uh, just all you know, we did a lot of traveling, and then I got to you know go with Danny Asantos a couple times, do seminars with him, you know. And uh, I remember, you know. This is a funny time. This is really good. Is that you know Dan? He 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 didn't drink water. He's you know he's very old school, and I believe in water. You too. You, you know I think water's there. We're just a hairy bag of water, and we have to hydrate. So I I kind of told him there's five different kinds of waters. You know you got you know these different kinds, and and you should be drinking this kind of water. So you know when I see him every once in a while, he's all hey Bob, I'm drinking water. You know he actually would carry water stuff. But the funny story, one funny story is that we shared a, a hotel room together one night. And uh, I was teaching a seminar, I was teaching some stuff, and he goes, Bob, I really enjoyed what you were showing. I really did that, but it was like in the middle of the seminar, and I go, I'll show you sometime, I'll show you, you know, what I was doing, no problem. So the morning we woke up, it was almost time to check out, and he's like, you know, we're not going to have time on the plane, so show me, show me this. So we were like in between the beds, right, and we are kind of rolling, I was showing you on the ground, you know, and this, and all of a sudden you hear that knock, knock on the door, right, and uh, the maid comes in, right, to clean the room. And she sees us both pop our heads up between the bed. And she's like, oh, oh. <laughs> She just slams the door and runs out. And me and Danny kind of look at each other like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of those times where you're glad that the internet was not relevant with social media. <laughs> yes, like the old guy and young guy are struggling in between the bed, something going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we kind of walk out of there kind of quietly. <laughs> did you get to spend a lot of time with people like that were – from other types of martial arts. I mean, cause like with Guru Dan, like, I mean, he's just a legend in the industry of just always being a student and everything. Did you get to spend a lot of time with people that were kind of experts in other fields that were very intrigued by jiu-jitsu and you kind of got to compare philosophies? Yeah. Well, Richard Bastille, I taught at the IMB for a long time, you know, for long, Richard Bastille was a great man. He passed away just not too long ago. Um, yeah, it, it was great to train at the INB. You know, it was an honor to, you know, we'd have big classes and, it was a real nice school and so that and just endless amount of people actually it's really opened a lot of doors for me um uh i got to go up to you know seattle with matt thornton a couple times do some videos with straight blast and uh you know i could you know you it's not a lot yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. there was a lot it's opened a lot so of doors if you were gonna pick um if you were gonna pick somebody that had kind of the heaviest influence on you and maybe like the the biggest lesson that you've taken from them who would it be, and what would that lesson be? Well, you know, I just say Hegan Machado. He's had everything, you know, from the start. We've been best friends, you know, and he's very, you know, people, you know, he's very simple, but he's very smart. You know, I mean, when you know, I 
I've seen him come here without very, very much English, right? And now when I see him do, you know, interviews and talk and stuff like that, I just, look, I, I get blown away how he talks and how he knows everybody and all that stuff. And, and he's just so simple, you know what I mean? But he's very smart. Yeah. And he's just kind of like the, the like, like a reggae song. He just does his thing and, you know, and, and he's very dangerous and he's a very nice guy, you know what I mean? But, uh, like I, I've had people come up to me, you know, sorry, coach again, come up to me and go, Hey, does he can smoke pot? <laughs> and I go, no, he doesn't smoke weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he's just very simple. You know what I mean? But when he really, he talks, he really makes sense. You know what I mean? And that's what I've seen. You know, he, he doesn't waste his words. He just talks. And when he, but when he's in his realm, he's, he's a genius. So you know, I hope I can be half, half as good as him talking. You know what I mean? He just blows me away, you know, and all the computer technology and all the stuff he knows now, because, when I first met him, he, he, I remember I gave him a car to drive to go, uh, you know, sto a story. This is, he's like, Bob, I met this guy and uh, I need a car. And I had an extra car. I let him borrow my car. I said, well, who, who is the guy? He goes, his name is Chuck. Well, Chuck who? Chuck Norris. I go, Chuck Norris? You're going to go teach Chuck Norris? He goes, yeah, I need a car. Okay. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, when we drive, you know, he, he'd be going 40 miles an hour, you know, on the free. I go, hey, you got to pick it up. And he's, people are flipping us off, you know. I go, you know, let me drive. No, no, I'm going to drive, <laughs> you know. So it's just, it, it's just how he just is advanced himself so fast, you know, in this world. So that's I, I look up to him a lot, you know. We have a good time. I just seen him, you know, hung out with him today and last night, actually. Well, I mean, you know, those mentors and influences on our lives, like, I mean, it just a lot of times, you know, I always tell people, you never know when you're somebody else's moment. And a lot of times, some of the times those mentors, they'll say something or just, you know, you'll, you'll pick up something that, you know, in their world, they didn't really intend for it to be profound or influence you. But for you, it was kind of like a, a pivot point, you know, just gives you a new perspective or when you're ready to hear something. Um, my last question would be, if you were going to leave somebody with a couple of steps to success in life in general, from everything you've learned from doing jujitsu and just living life and being an athlete. If you were going to leave just a couple steps of success and that's all you could give them, what would they be? Well, you know, you, you've probably done it. You know, you're getting older and stuff like that. And one, of my, one of my words that I like to say is that, you know, um, you, know you think you're going to be like this when you're young and tough. You're going to be like that forever. And I'm, I've lived it now, you know, and um, my phone is kind of, you know, a young man, I mean, an old man knows how to be a, hold on, my phone's getting, I'm starting to lose you. Anyways. And an old man knows how to be a young man, but a young man doesn't know how to be an old man. You know what I mean? And that's how I see it in my training. Some guys think they're going to be like that, and then eventually you start getting older, and your brain can't keep up with your body, like I was telling you. You know? So that's how I see it. You know? Or, you know, just a lot of times now as I'm older, I just like to seek pleasure and avoid pain. Painful people, painful things, and just kind of move on with my life. You know? Because I'm, I don't like to say I'm old, but I, I, am, I'm not, I am getting older, but I'm not old yet. You know, that's why I see it. And I try to show that to people too. And keep doing the jujitsu because it is the fountain of you. All right, guys, a little bit of technical difficulty. We're back with Bob. He was talking about, you know, a lifetime jujitsu experience and everything he's been able to enjoy through being part of the family and all of these years. Um, but what I wanted to do is talk about some projects you're kind of working with now and, and some stuff that you got going on. I noticed your t-shirt there. Um, do you have something specific that you're kind of been working on? Yes. Um, me and Hegan uh, are working on a thing called blackbeltlegacy.com. Blackbeltlegacy.com. This shirt shows that it's a black shirt with Hegan's logo, my logo, and the stripes I'm wearing. I'm a five, well, this one I made the shirt was five. I'm six stripe now. Yeah. So it's, it's trying to keep uh, it all legitimate. Like I have a Black Belt Legacy. I started with a guy named uh, Casey Olson. He gave me the ideas because Casey called me up and said, hey, let's go meet with Hegan. I need to get my stripe for my belt. You know, right. and we're going to go take them out for breakfast or lunch. And so we did. And, you know, there's got to be another way. It says, like, like um, I have 25 black belts, and it's very hard for me to keep track of all those guys. And there's got to be a better system for that, you know. So we, I've come up with it. It just gives you uh, – it's kind of like a birthday, you know, because it's hard for me to keep track of my brothers and sisters' birthdays. So Black Belt Legacy, it comes up on a computer. You put on the date and the time you got your black belt. And, you know, we'll track you down three years and go bling. And you got to be a part of it. So you can't be in prison for, you know, 10 years and get that, you know. And I really like to, you know, and have guys uh, train. 
I mean, two belt, two, two uh, belts higher, two stripes higher to give these guys a little test too. They're a little testing, you know, train with your guys. So we know that you're not out there doing drugs or whatever, your craziness in your life. So it, and it, it's just a good way to tracking people. And so, like I was saying, um, I've, I've had black belts put on stripes that I don't, I kind of, you know, 25 of them. So I have to call another black belt and go, did he have those stripes? And then all hell no, he hasn't. And so it just kind of keeps you on it. And like me, when I got my blue belt, I don't remember when I got it. was so long ago. I don't re- I remember I got my black belt in 95 after the Pan Ams. They gave it to me, but I don't remember the date. You know, I really don't. I don't remember my brown belt. I remember Higgin giving it to me, on, but I don't remember those dates. And it's really important nowadays. I wish I did to have those dates. So what we're doing with black belt, um, when you get your black belt, usually your coach will give you your black belt. So we give, you know, you'll get that, but we can give you a commemorative belt and you put the date on that belt. You get it. So yeah. And then purple and blue and uh, you know, purple, blue and Brown, you can do that too. You know, you get a shirt, you get a, a diploma. If you're a black belt, pretty much if you're in a lower belt, you just get the shirt and you're up on the webpage. You know what I mean? Yeah, but a black really belt, track you. yeah, it is. It's a really good thing. And look at it. Cause Higgin really condones it. He has a video saying, you know, it was easy when I had, you know, 40 black belts. Now I have 600 black belts and it's hard for me. And, Get on Black Belt Legacy, and, and you don't have to come from Hegan either. You can come from Car- you know, just it all starts from Carlos Gracie. So it goes from his brothers and all the way down, and you can be a part of it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And we're just well, I mean, it's like it's, it's capturing yeah. these moments, not only for like all the high ranks to help keep track of everybody's belt rank and everything, but like you have said, you know, the the individual journey. You know, you, you can go in and kind of timestamp your own path, and because like you said, there's things that you don't remember. There's moments in time that you wish you would have captured. Um, is there any moments, you know, in the past that you're like, man, I just wish I would have had that moment. Like I said, I wish I could have took a picture with Carlos senior with his big smile on his face. He was 95. And you know, this is a dude's point of view. You know, there's some guys that are kind of, when when a woman comes in the room, they turn their head and they get in trouble. You know, we had a couple yeah. of girls in the house and he didn't move his head, but his eyes were on him the whole time at 95. I mean, he still had that spunk. And I was like, looking at him, looking at them. So it was, it was, you know, I could just see they still had fire in him, you know, at that age. Yeah. He really did. So that was one of them. And, um, but else I was going to say that, um, uh, I forgot, I lost my train of thought, but go ahead. Well, I was just, you know, like just moments that have happened in the past that you kind of wish you had captured a little bit better. Um, you know, like when you were at the Pantheon. Yeah, I wish, you know, they have films of it and stuff like that, but I just wish I could have me and the Machado brothers could have took more videos when we were younger, you know, and we were all training together at the house or, you know, going to other places and, you know, being that competing and doing it just kind of more of a documentary watching that because I really yeah. miss that kind of stuff. You know, I have to use my memory, but uh, one, I like using a lot of analogies and I tell a lot of people, you know, how do you get through life kind of easy is, you know, have a lot of tenacity and a bad memory. You know what I mean? It's kind of making it easier. <laughs> I let my friends tell me the stories of what we did, but I wish we had it more documented. Actually. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think that's why, you know, things like this are important because you know, you guys are so connected to, you know, the beginning of jujitsu in America and plus just the beginning of jujitsu in general. Like, I mean, we still have contact with so many people that were there of the creation of this idea and its propagation and its spread that this is history where we're living within history and, and the more we can capture it and document it, it's really going to have value in 50 to a hundred years when, you know, somebody's going to be watching this being like, Oh, there's this guy named Bob Bass and telling, you know, and you tell them these stories yep. because so much of it was undocumented back in the day. Um, but I think that, you know, your, your, your black belt website idea is, is a really good tracking methodology. And plus just, it can enhance the experience of people getting their rank because, I know that my BJJ rank is my proudest moments in my life, you know, amongst all the other ranks and other achievements in school and things of that nature. And so I value those achievements and, and you're giving a platform for people to kind of keep track of it and celebrate it and commemorate it a little bit better because later in life is probably when it's going to matter more. Maybe not so much right now, but you know, when you got the grandkids or the old stories, you know? Well, that, that's it. I don't remember getting my black belt the date, but I would love to have that date. You know, so I can say when that day comes up, I could celebrate that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could go, man, I got my black belt on this day, you know, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And it's just good to have, you know, it's, it's, especially sure. as we get older, we forget stuff like that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, well, I appreciate all the time you spent with me today. And uh, I mean, it was just a huge honor to talk to you and especially just to get to meet you after, you know, talking with Brian and kind of, you know, just connected through multiple friends and, uh, and contacts. Is there anything you'd like to finish with today? Well, I just think that, you know, it was, you know, 
jiu-jitsu to me, we're all brothers together. You know what I mean? We all have that common bond because we're all grapplers. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of times people try to say like, you know, this was a fight. It's a match. A fight is a fight, a real fight. So when I feel, well, I got in this many fights, it's not grappling. That's not a fight. It's a match. You know what I mean? If you want to fight, you get up and fight, you know, and you know, a fight is a real street fight or the MMA stuff and mixed martial arts. That's a fight, you know? So, you know, I just think that we're grapplers and I think it's a, just a good way of living. You know, I, I'd rather be in a jujitsu gang than a biker gang. You know what I mean? So that's what's important to me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Most of them are good people. We'll get a few knuckleheads, you know that, in this world, you know. But most of the time, it's a, it's a good thing, you know. And I remember um, John Jack one time telling me, you know, I was with him or something. People always goes, what? they asked me, what do I do? What do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a teacher. I, yeah, you are. He goes, I teach crazy people. <laughs> because you have to be a little crazy to be in this in that jiu-jitsu is a grueling sport you know who wants to subject themselves into that kind of stuff because of special people you know what i mean absolutely you know just got to be a part and like um sugar ray uh uh sugar ray robinson i think uh you know um um he i heard him say one day he goes you know i took up wrestling i didn't like it and thank god i didn't like it because he became a famous famous boxer because it's not for everybody <laughs> yes. it was definitely it's, it's definitely a, um, a unique community that you know that, that is jujitsu um uh, but i definitely feel that you've represented the community well you've led us down i mean the jujitsu path on the american side for so many years and we really value everything you've done for the for the industry and, and for the group of jujitsuers out there that just love bjj and training and, and we just really appreciate everything you've done and i thank you for the time today let me just say one thing too. You know, I just because I'm, I'm, I've got on Facebook right just recently because I just wouldn't feel like I'm pretty a personal person. You know, I just I'm lucky I grew up in this area and stuff, and I surf and do. I have a school here, and I don't need to go any further. You know, I should have promoted myself a little more, but I'm here. <laughs> I kind of like being where I'm at, and so now I'm getting all. The, I mean, I just got on a couple like a week ago, and I'm getting all these people are just and you know, I know I taught a lot of seminars, so. If you guys see me, don't be mad if I don't make you my friend. It's hard, it's hard you know, because if I had a seminar with you or something like this, it's like, don't get it personal. But I try to look if you have some grappling stuff, little friends and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, I can't get everybody. It's, it's amazing yeah, yeah. how many people are going off at this right now. It's like constantly. I'm not ready to say, you know what, I really don't want to be on this thing anymore. But uh, yeah, you're going to you're gonna have to get one of those Facebook managers or something like that. To I help don't know. It's, it's going nuts, you know. And then uh, the Instagram and I, like you said, I, I, you guys, if you get a chance, I have this thing called um, uh, the shade, the original Shade Saver hat. It attaches your glasses. Can you see that? Yeah, it attaches, sure can, your, yeah. it attaches your glasses to your hat. So, you know, you can put them on here like so and they fit pretty well. They fit really well in there. I'll do it quick. Or if you don't want it, you can just flip, you can just take it off and it says your prescriptions. You don't never have to lose them. Or you could just, this hat's, or you just don't have a flap. You know what yeah. I mean? So look it up. It's called the original Shade Saver hat. And it's a good thing. You know what I mean? That's cool. You know, I mean, the, the surfing lifestyle or the compliments jujitsu, like it uh, makes total sense that you kind of got that, that you had that idea, you know, because you're like, man, I'm always losing my glasses when I'm surfing around at the beach. So, you know, paddle boarding and it pollutes the water, you know, shades, you know, they, they fall in the water, you know, they show plastic circling in the ocean. You know, we're yeah. trying to, I try and do my part of something and, but you don't see shades or plastic and glass. They fall in the, on a reef that's down there a hundred feet down and it causes pollution. Hats sink. And so my hats float and they, they just save your stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, everybody do a little part for this world and it'd be a cleaner world. You know, that's it, man. I definitely appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for everything. Keep in touch. I'll call you later. Okay. Yes, sir. Keep in touch. Okay. Peace.